This WBEZ podcast is supported by the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Suicide is a topic that hides in the shadows. It's time we talk away the dark, learn how to spot the warning signs for suicide, and how you can have an open, caring, real conversation to help save lives. Visit the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention to watch the new short film and learn more at AFSP.org slash talkawaythedark. This WBEZ podcast is supported by Ravinia, with over 100 concerts under the stars this summer, including Daryl Hall and Elvis Costello, Nora Jones with special guest Mavis Staples, the Beach Boys with special guest John Stamos, Shaggy and TLC, Jason Isbell and the 400 Unit, the Chicago Symphony Orchestra, and more. Their 30-acre park is nestled in a gently wooded area. Bring your own picnic or eat at one of the park restaurants. Tickets available now only at ravinia.org. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. People seeking an abortion are often met by abortion rights opponents who try to convince them to change their minds. Interactions like these have been happening outside one West Loop clinic this summer. Some protesters hand out religious pamphlets. Others shout at patients with a bullhorn and play prayers on a loudspeaker that can be heard down the block. There's a city ordinance meant to deter this kind of activity, but enforcing it, it's easier said than done. Alderman Bill Conway of the 34th Ward, which includes the West Loop, is working on some changes he says could improve the situation. He tells us he's witnessed protesters harassing patients this summer outside Family Planning Associates, a clinic in his ward. There's always been about 20 anti-choice protesters and then sort of 10 escorts to make sure the patients can get in safely. But in recent in recent weeks, this has really uh, ramped up. Uh, a few weeks ago, for example, there was 110 protesters there uh, versus the 10 escorts who were totally overwhelmed. They were running at patients as they were coming in to, to uh, try and receive health care. Um, you know, and it was, it was a, uh, an overwhelming thing. And then the following week, they had, you know, 65 or so, but brought armed guards with them as well, who were clearly dressed in a manner that was intimidating. And then in, in recent weeks, they have also brought amplification devices that will be put near, uh, put near the clinic windows so you can clearly hear what's going on inside. And so these things are meant to harass and intimidate and, and discourage people from exercising their, their yeah. right to health care. And there's a, there's a mobile church? Can you tell us about that? So what they do is they set up a stage kind of around the corner, and it goes almost right up to the edge of the bike lane and, and, and disrupts that as well, which further adds a level of a level of uh, public safety problem here as well. Well, the medical director of Family, Family Planning Associates wasn't actually able to join us on the program today, but she sent a statement which reads, quote, We are committed to abortion access for any pregnant person seeking health care. And she goes on to say, that commitment includes ensuring a safe and secure environment for our patients and our staff. The current harassment by anti-abortion protesters threatens this environment and disrupts our ability to care for patients. Patients deserve health care free of this unwelcome bullying, end quote. So talk more about how the, the protests that are happening impact patients' ability to get care. Well, it's about intimidating and harassing from, from even seeking the care in the first place. And you see, this isn't this isn't peaceful protest. It is clearly designed to discourage people from getting that, getting that health care, and that's what we're going to really try to address. What we've done already is 
we have uh, been very close contact with the first district police department. I have a wonderful relationship with the with the commander there, and they regularly provide uh, multiple police officers there, which does make uh, the protesters better behaved. And additionally, we put some signage outside the clinic uh, in conjunction with the gender-based violence office from the mayor's office uh, to remind people the bubble ordinance as well. Mm -hmm. But really what we have to do going forward is look how we can make the laws better and more enforceable so that people can't be harassed and intimidated or discouraged from getting yeah. Uh, accessing their right to health care. Well, you just mentioned the, the key words here, bubble ordinance, right? Yeah. So, so for folks who aren't aware of what this is, what does it do exactly? Well, so right now there's a, there's a few different ordinances we're looking at. So there's the, the bubble ordinance, which is uh, fairly famous. And what that essentially does, or the Chicago one, is within 50 feet of the entrance to the clinic, you can't get within eight feet of a, of a patient. And... And, and, and we, we have seen this violated many times in the sense that you will have one of the uh, anti-abortion protesters running towards the running towards the patient and the escorts will then be stopping that person. But the last thing that can really happen at that point is somebody gets out a ruler and says, is this eight feet? So this is just not really an enforceable I see. En- enforceable ordinance. So what we're trying to do is see, can we add a noise sensitive zone? in this area on Washington Avenue, sort of between displays and, and the highway. And this is not without precedent. There are noise sense, there's a noise sensitive zone around Northwestern Memorial uh, in Streeterville. You have a medical service provider in a residential neighborhood. And here we get complaints from the neighbors all the time in this residential neighborhood about the noise. And so it would be appropriate to put that, put that one of those here as well. Would there be a fine? There is a fine that goes along with this, and really the purpose of it is to, um, you know, to so the anti anti abortion protests are really trying to discourage people from getting health care, and this will discourage them from doing this by prohibiting amplification devices around there, and discourage their ability to disrupt the health care that's being that's being provided there. Mm-hmm. So there would be a fine, uh, and that would that would, uh, you know, help reduce that harassment and intimidation. I mean, as I mentioned earlier, Alderman, I mean, enforcing this is, is difficult to do. Why is that? Well, it's in, it's difficult to enforce the bubble ordinance because you have the, the eight feet restriction within 50 feet of the door, and these are a very fluid situation. But in a noise sensitive zone, we're talking about the use of amplification devices, and that's a pretty clear cut, uh, clear cut option that we can that we can do. Yeah. Now, we are certainly looking at how can we improve the bubble ordinance, and there's a, a lot of litigation that's occurring um, around the bubble ordinance and other bubble ordinances nationally, and certainly as we can strengthen ours to something that's more enforceable, we will. It is worth noting ours has already been upheld in federal court years ago. I see. The Metro Praise Church did not respond to a request for comment by airtime. That's the, the mobile church that you described earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did post a reaction, though, to a Block Club Chicago article on this story on their Facebook page, and they said that they're not breaking the ordinance and that the escorts who are there to protect the patients are the ones harassing them. Let's listen. They create the scene when we obey the rules. They create the scene. They touch us. They come into our space. And then they say that we're the ones causing the conflict, and we're not. So that's a spokesperson for the church who didn't name himself for mm-hmm. the uh, in, in the video. But your reaction to this allegation that 
they're the ones actually being harassed. Well, that's kind of bizarre because they're the ones that show up at the clinic. They're the in, in the military. They're kind of the aggressor force in that situation. But I could say I have seen with my own eyes the the protesters run up to uh, to run up towards patients and get within get within eight feet of them in doing that. Now, it's a very fluid situation, so it's very difficult to enforce that. But I mean, I can tell you that they're violating it. Well, that's an 11 second portion of a, a much longer video. In it, it, they go on to name you directly, Alderman, and they say that you had gotten into a leader's face and you were shaking your finger and, quote, harass them. What do you say to that? Well, I have I have been in the unfortunate situation where there have been there have been uh, anti-abortion protesters coming towards a patient and I have had to be involved in holding them back. And, you know, the people that are escorts tend to be smaller females and sometimes I have to be there to help them help them as well. But they are brave people and and don't really need my help but in the in the instance he's talking about that's what was going on in that particular thing uh, so you talked earlier about this so-called uh, the noise sensitive zone that mm-hmm. you're, you're trying to implement so would that apply just to using the loudspeaker system or does it also apply to bullhorns like how do you see that working yeah so it's amplification devices so certainly bullhorns and uh, and amplifiers are barred from from when the noise sensitive zone is created. Yeah, the right to protest, that's actually protected under the First Amendment. So this isn't meant to deter people from gathering and exercising their right to express discontent about abortion care, right? No, I mean, you have people that hold up signs, you have people that say prayers across the street, that is all First Amendment protected speech, and that's not really what's going on That's here. not what you're trying to say. That is not what we're trying, I mean, that, that also happens, but what, we're trying to get at is the protest and harassment and intimidation that you see. In fact, when you you just played the clip of the of the person, uh, you can sense the level of aggression and intimidation that people seeking uh, seeking healthcare mm-hmm. uh, often face when they go into the into the clinic. And you can imagine that level of tone, uh, you know, as in, on an amplified device, you know, ten feet away or something. You can imagine how that can be discouraging for someone who's trying to access health care and how it can disrupt, frankly, the safety of the neighborhood. So abortion rights advocates would also be banned then from having a loudspeaker system under this new provision, right? It's not targeting any one group in particular. No, it's content neutral. In fact, I mean, you can, you don't even have to take it out of this issue. There would just be no one would be able to have a bullhorn yeah. or amplifier in this particular area. What about protests that get a permit? Would they have to reroute around noise-sensitive zones? Yeah, they wouldn't. There wouldn't be a, a. You just can't have that in this area. So there would not be a, a permit issued for for this. Now it's worth noting the protesters in this case don't have a permit either. So you know that is something we can look at and how best we can handle that as well. What's the process then for for actually making the changes that you're proposing happen? So like, where do we go from here? Yeah, the ordinance requires. Um, requires sign-off from the Department of Public Health as well as the police department. So I'm working with, with uh, those folks uh, in, in conjunction with the mayor's office to get get that designation to essentially show that, look, there's a lot of a noise being created in this area and the activity, the medical services being provided are noise-sensitive in nature. So uh, the Department of Public Health and the police department will weigh in on that and then from that, we'll provo- propose a, a text amendment to add this as a noise-sensitive zone within the city code. There are currently five noise-sensitive zones in the city code. This would add a sixth one. I see. Would there be time for public comment? 
Well, this will go before zoning committee okay. first, so there would be so there would be uh, uh, time for public comment in there. All right, we'll leave it there. That's Alderman Bill Conway of the 34th Ward, which includes the West Loop. Thank you so much for your time. Wonderful, Sasha. Thanks for having me. This episode of Reset was produced by Linnea Dominic, and it was edited by Brenda Ruiz and Dan Tucker. Have you signed up for the Reset newsletter? Well, if not, you're missing out. It's the perfect way to start the day right. You'll get the news you need to know and a preview of what's to come. Just go to wbez.org slash Reset News to sign up. That's all for this afternoon. We'll talk tomorrow. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.